Welcome everybody back to Talk with the Now podcast, and I am Gene, and I am with Jason, who is making uh, happy hands. Apparently, as we speak, yeah, that's what I meant to say. Happy hands came out though. <laughs> Jason um, is house sitting. Always on the go, aren't you, Jason? Always on the go. Always on the run. Always on the run. My brother's like you. He's a nomad. He's sort of like, he's kind of like always moving. He's always like driving somewhere or going to somebody's house or going to some place or going to this place or going to buy something over here. He's just always going to get out there getting the, the work done of the world. <laughs> Making, trying to make the world go around or something. I don't know. Mm. What's your excuse? Uh, I don't know. Somebody needed help. I just helped. I don't know. <laughs> Somebody needed help and you needed help and you gave them help. That's right. Well, you have a lovely painting behind you. That's very uh, modernish, looking, at least from my viewpoint here. With an incredible glare. Yes. Yeah. It does have a <laughs> bit of a glare on it. Um, I met with our friend Jared today and we talked about sports. Nice. Nice on a talk of the now podcast yeah i know you follow this very closely jason so you're up to date on all the episodes it's true yeah, yeah. um i um i had jared on last time so we could talk some football it was a very good talk um he has some good insight i like jared's insight hmm. and um you know since you don't like sports i just thought to, i'd ask you about something <laughs> Now, Jason likes sports. People, I'm kidding. He likes sports. Um, he likes the Braves. Yep. When he when he remembers who they are. Um, no I'm kidding. Um, what? Um, what's up? What's up with you, man? I don't know. I'm not that much. Yeah. Just chilling. Chilling. I was trying to think if there was any um, news or anything good worth talking about of recent um let's keep things on the positive side there's enough bad news all you gotta do is turn on your television or look at any articles on the, the news to see any kind of uh i've been watching a new tv show oh yeah yeah well not a new one it's an old one but i like it you want to take a guess of what it is hmm. manix who manix never heard of manix oh dude you need to watch this good show never mind i already told you about this show <laughs> i started watching dragnet I'm continuing oh, yeah, yeah. to watch Dragnet. It's along the same lines as Dragnet. Manix is. Ah, you need to watch Manix. You told me some other show called FBI is good, right? Yep, FBI as well from that same era. Yep. Okay. I um Joe watching Joe Friday and his partner Gannon is um it's fun to watch in a lot of ways. I mean, not every episode is fun, but it's fun to watch what they do and what they go through and how they try to solve these mysteries and and it's what's even cooler now, which I know back then wasn't novelty, but watching 1967 los angeles yep in real time seeing the building seeing the cars and seeing the the culture of los angeles during that time and i know they're all acting and it's just stage and everything but you still can't help but see what the way things were back then yep by watching it and it's really i don't know it gives you it i, I think unless you live through the 60s it's hard to really know what it was like back then but the impression that I get from watching television is that it was very straight laced, clean time, if that makes any sense. And I don't mean morally. I just mean like, like, well, a, a, like yeah, a lot the, of, 
like just watching that show anyways you see a lot of straight lines you see a lot of architecture that's straight clean lines you see a lot of yeah like the, i mean the, it, it, the attire it, they wear is very clean and like it's, um, it's mid-century time it's mid-century modern times yeah so i think that's where i'm going i'm not saying that it was clean as in like oh the streets are just like you could eat off of them no because that's never been the case there um but you also had the counterculture movement at that time mm-hmm. um the hippies gene um yeah. you know um but i imagine shows like that don't really go into it because it wasn't really something they'd put on a tv show back then well they touch on it a little bit with the, some of the crimes they're trying to solve you know they talk about the culture of the day the, right joe friday does on um um just in his mind like he does a little bitty monologue at the very beginning where he just sort of um talks about the city of los angeles and he tells you about the buildings and the history a yeah. little bit and he tells you like some of the places where crime is and that sort of thing but it still just has a different look totally than it does nowadays I mean, i've never mm-hmm. been to los angeles but just it's an american city so it just just the way and even pictures that i've seen of parents and people from the 60s it, it has a whole different look than things from the 70s and yeah. certainly from the 80s or 90s like for instance you can think about things from the 1980s or 90s and yeah you know fashion clothes changed and sort of the way they did architecture sometimes but not so much but like you see things from the 50s especially mid 50s up through like 1970 it had its own kind of style it was almost i don't know if it was like the clashing of an old conservative way of living with a counterculture like you mentioned or what but well architecturally that's my favorite time that's mid-century modern yeah i know you do like that yeah so you're gonna get a lot of straight lines you're gonna get you're also gonna get you know, some leftovers from the, um, you know, more arts and crafts period of the 40s as well, because a lot of those old buildings were built in the 30s and 40s. So you're going to get those um, those kind of lines, but then you'll see the houses, and the houses are definitely very mid-century modern, very much built for that area um, and that that kind of time frame of people hosting parties, and there's a lot of big windows and you know, a lot of straight lines, a lot of open areas, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's definitely interesting. And you can definitely see that on those old shows like that. And I would, you know, a lot of people look at, say, for another example, a modern show set back in that time frame, Mad Men, you know, um, great show. Uh, but it was also very, you're going to see a lot of that same kind of stuff, but in a New York kind of way, but still the same era, you know? Right. Right. One of the, um, I just watched an episode before we came on and, um, he, um, I forget his partner's first name, maybe Bill Gannon. And he had him come over, he had Friday come over to his house and it was a nice looking house. It was a nice little mid-century or, you know, I'm sorry, sort of a it's kind of mid-century model looking, but it was, um, you know, just, they showed the outside. I'm sure it was a studio, but just yeah. the way it looked and everything, I'm sure it was pretty accurate for the time. He was like, yeah, you know, Joe, I bought this place 20 years ago and, <laughs> you know, showing him all the things that he's updated and everything. You want to take a guess of what he told him he bought it for when he came back from the war? Oh 20, gosh. 20 well, years before 67. Oh man. Probably like 1500 bucks or something. Well, crazy. Not, that, not that low, but $8,500. I was like, yeah, wow. no, and that, and that was a lot of money. Like that was a crazy amount you yeah. know, to spend on something. And I would sure, even with the growth of Los Angeles, which they talk about on the show, the um 
I can't imagine what the market would have brought for that $8,500 house. And it appeared to be sort of a, a, a you know, two story, probably 1500 square foot house. Um, looking at it from the TV. Um, yeah. I can't imagine what it would have even brought in 67, probably three times that much or something, you know? Right. Which, you know, we don't think it's still not a lot of money, but that's three times what you paid for it. Yeah. Know? I'm sure. I'm sure during 67 to 70 might've even brought, yeah. you know, like 50 grand or more. Um, yep. I mean, there's, you know, there's kind of, I look at things like that, like my, the house that my grandfather built. Um, I don't know if you ever went with me over there or not. Oh, yeah. um, and uh, I should say the house that he added on the back of my aunt bought that from him in the seventies for $12,000. I think my aunt Verona did. So it was always my aunt Verona's house. Um, since the seventies and you know, my aunt Betty who was left sold it for, I want to say 300 something thousand, 400 something thousand. So, you know, it pays, I guess, to hang on to something in the family. Um, I wish I could find a mid-century modern for, you know, cheap, but <laughs> it's just not happening. Right. Um, but you know, strong built houses, but you're going to have to update a lot of things, you know, with wiring and things like that, that are going to have to get up the code because you don't want to go overloading yeah. those circuits. But other than that, the houses are built a heck of a lot stronger than they are now. Um, I think, yeah. yeah, I was going to say, I think if you're lucky, you find a mid century modern that somebody updated really nicely, like back in the late nineties, maybe as far as yeah. um, electrical and plumbing goes or something, you know? Right. So you don't have to worry about the, the, the bones of the house. You can just be, I mean, the, the guts of the house, you can just do other things. Yeah. Cause a lot of times I think at least by the late seventies and early eighties, a lot of times they did have to start updating the electricals on those old, on those old forties, fifties houses. Cause they didn't have like, you know, they didn't have like ground plugs or anything like that or or were, yeah the fuse boxes with the old screw in yeah glass fuses you know or things like that they weren't you know weren't actual breaker boxes there were no mm -hmm. breaker boxes they were fuse boxes so but yeah yeah but unfortunately a lot of those you know it would be like grandma and grandpa had the house and they lived in it until they died in the 90s so it never got updated until that time or whatever <laughs> right right but, um but anyways, it's it's very it's very fascinating. I want to read some books on the '60s sometimes. Like I'm just always fascinated by that culture. It's sort of the decade, you know, prior to the '70s, where it like again, like it it sort of has some of that. Um, like to me, the '60s have some of that sort of promise and hope, and yep. sort of um, maybe even overly um, patrioticness of the '50s, if you will. Um, or I don't know if patriotic is not the right word for it, but you know what I mean? Sort of the, uh, yeah. Um, glass colored, um, or, you know, goggles, rose colored this. glasses. Yeah, thank yes. you. Your rose colored glasses. That's what I was trying to say of yeah. the fifties. Yeah. There's, compared, yeah. We're seventies yeah, yeah. sort of seemed a little bit more on the dystopian tie side. Well, yeah, I think the seventies were just, nobody knew what to do kind of, you know, mm -hmm. because you had, you still had, I mean, the first half of the seventies, you still had the Vietnam war, you know, right. um, which was a miserable disaster. And so you still had a lot of fallout from that. You know, you still had that going on. And then we, you know, we had great rock and roll and we had, then we had disco. So it's like, what the heck's going on? You know, it's like the sixties, the first half of the sixties were, I, I like to characterize it with more like, okay, the first half of the sixties were the beach boys sixties, you know, your, your clean cut, 
singing about surfing stuff. And then the second half, we're just all over the place, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's funny, you talk about shows and things. You, people forget that the Brady Bunch actually started in 1969. Everybody calls it a 70 show, but it actually started in 69. Um, and that house on the outside was definitely not... <laughs> Uh, what it was the set was on the inside in fact they hgtv did a whole thing where they kind of got the old cast that was still around and some other people on hgtv to all like remake that but make that house look like on the inside what the other one looked like uh, and they bought the original house and yeah that was a lot of work to make it actually look like that on the inside because it was not that way at all I um, to watch that yeah it's it's really good um and they actually got help from all over America from fans to find like the exact furnishings and decorations hmm. that were from the show and that kind of thing. And got a lot of things people sent in. Um, so it's kind of a cool idea. Um, you know, you, you look at, I don't know. There's, there's, I've looked at a few mid-century modern houses and things like that. And you walk in and there's just that air of like, Oh, they knew what they were doing back then. They actually built, you know, architectural pieces, not just cookie cutter houses, you know, and it's, you know, little <clears throat> things like tongue and groove ceilings or like the little crazy fireplace in a corner where there shouldn't be one and planter boxes of, you know, in the, you know, in sunken living areas, that kind of stuff. It's just really neat. And, you know, it's, it's a shame that I've seen a few get torn down. Um, and it really upsets me. I'm like, cause I'll drive by one. And I'm like, that's a mid-century modern house. I know it. I just haven't been on the inside of it. And then you come through the, you know, a month later and it's torn down and they're putting 30 houses. And you're like, how do I get these things on the historic registry? So they can't, you know, <laughs> tear them down. Um, but yeah, a lot of, I grew up in DeKalb County basically. And so a lot of stuff in Decatur around Decatur was that way. Uh, a lot of my friends houses were, mid-century moderns well i think that that uh, a lot of that you know um i don't know the 70s were an interesting time and then well i mean you're talking about architecture right now just the um you know mid-70s it just opened up like if you were in the metro atlanta area that just opened up the uh the floodgate of the the four-sided three-bed two-bath ranch house you know that's all over the place yeah and then (laughs) left and right in atlanta and then a little late, later seventies, you started getting into those cedar houses, you know, the cedar siding houses with the crazy like diamond shaped windows and oh yeah, stuff that was, I call trying too hard. That's what those houses were. Uh, we lived in one um, out in Gwinnett uh, that my parents bought in like 1980, 81 or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, part of the suburban sprawl. They almost uh, look like something you would see out of a Star Trek movie. It's just sort of like a. Yeah. And they're just not. And the problem is you can't, some people have tried to update them, you know, yeah. change the siding out, do board and batten. They have like weird you, windows that sort of like stick out yeah. four feet randomly, you know? Yeah. They've got like the little planter box, like greenhouse windows. And then they've got the, yeah. the little diamond shaped windows or octagon shaped windows. And you're thinking, what do you do with that? You got to rip that out and completely redesign the wall. Weird patterns of uh, cedar going 
yeah, directions. Like, yeah, and, different directions. I'm like, oh, it's, just it's nice. almost like something you make out of Legos or uh, yeah, it's just something. not it's not attractive and they're extremely dated and not in a cool historic way. And I don't yeah. even know do they call that modern or something like that? I don't know what they would call that style. It's just cedar cedar houses. That's all I've heard because they're all cedar siding. Huh. Um, Interesting. Which means, which means they don't have <clears throat> as many problems with termites, but because yeah. it's cedar, but still like well. The interesting thing about those houses to me is every one that I've been in, though, I'm always impressed with the interior. Like I go in it and I'm just like, this is a pretty nice little layout. Not always, yeah. but a lot of well, times I go in there and I'm kind of like, that's a nice little layout. I mean, I don't like that. I don't like, like the way the outside looks, but it's a good layout on the inside. Right. But it's like, you know, you're going to have your your white walls with the brown like baseboards. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, God, yeah, paint that right away. <laughs> extremely matted carpet. Um, I just I can. But smell we won't talk about the seventies uh, interior design. <laughs> well, no, I'm talking about yeah, like, <laughs> but you got to understand, like the the mid century modern really stopped around seventy two, is when they stopped really calling it mid century modern anymore, and it morphed into this stuff, and they were trying to emulate it, but they like I said, they were trying too hard on these architectural. And it's like, yeah. oh yeah, I mean you can drive through like there's um, near where I work near Berkeley in Berkeley Lake area. Like as you're driving out, like some of the outskirts of that, they're all cedar houses. <laughs> um, and you, know, you can imagine like those are hopping neighborhoods back in the day, you know, it's probably still a nice place to live. It's just right. your houses are ugly, <laughs> you know? Something that I thought about with that was that, um, I don't know, it just, it, it would be nice to talk to someone about interior design that has a history of that, that, that knows interior design history or design history for that matter. Because- yeah, architecture, yeah. I mean, even just like the general cultural taste in colors and palettes, because mm-hmm. just look at the um, like the colors of cars from the 1940s. I'm not a whole lot different than they are now. It was basically earth tones, you know, that most yeah, people yeah. would drive around in up, up to the 50s. Then the 50s were like, yeah, hey, let's do some turquoise. Let's do some reds and whites and let's do two tones and all that, you know. And, it, and I mean, it had a cool little, like you said, I mean, it was it was very tasteful. And then you get to the 60s and they kind of carry that on a little bit. Then the 70s come on and sort of like, well, let's just go a little further with that. And next thing you know, everybody's got collars on that are eight inches yeah. long. Yeah. You know, true. Very and, true. And we're looking gold colors. But uh, <laughs> then we had to go through the 80s um, clothing styles. And yeah, as yeah, big of a fan did. as I am of the 80s, their clothing styles were not the, uh, uh, not, I don't know if they're one for the books. What's crazy is when some of that stuff comes back and you're like, yeah like mom jeans and and <laughs> weird stuff like it, it wasn't attractive back then it's still not you know it's although not, i am even, still a fan of the members only jackets i think that's quite timeless myself. I, yeah i have an adult size one so <laughs> i have a black one now i used to have a, i had a, a gray one back in the day and a dark blue one uh, when wow. i was a kid was but, member yeah. is members only jacket the only cool looking jacket that came out of that decade i don't know well, so, we had the jean jackets that, you know, yeah, kind of yeah. always, pretty, I mean, well, jean jackets have always kind of been around. They just morph right. in the acid wash jean jackets. Ooh. Well, denim was the day of the eighties. I mean, denim. Yeah. The eighties. Yeah. I mean, it was really, it never really went away since. I mean, like, think about Jay Leno. He just sort of kept it up. Like he, like he, his oh, yeah, Jay he Leno's keeps, highlight and peak was like in the eighties. And that was the denim. He just he must know. have, he must have stock in Levi's and, and Wrangler or something, man. Um, but yeah, I think. Uh, yeah. See. It's hard to think about. We've had so much suburban sprawl. Like you think about house house design from recent years. Like, 
dull is the word that comes to my mind. You know, it's farmhouse modern. Like, yeah, no, it looks just like your neighbor's house and it's oh, all the stark whites and it's the, yeah. Or it's, you know, if you go from the the nineties, it was a lot of, you know, Hunter greens, you know, that's where you had the Hunter green, like laminate that's supposed to look like marble countertops and, you know, all that so stuff. So I think with you, if you were, um, you know, multimillionaire, you'd mm-hmm. probably, you'd probably hire somebody to basically create the ultimate Frank Lloyd Wright type home. Well, Frank Lloyd Wright was prairie style. Um, no, I'm th- who am I thinking of the modern, the big guy? Well, there's into the, uh, mid-century, mid-century modern. modern. Yeah. Well, I mean, he was, but there's not, there's a bunch of little smaller architects that are more mid-century modern. Oh. Um, but yeah. But you get my point. I would do, yeah, I would do probably, I would go buy a nice one. A modern, a modern, oh, you just buy an old high school. Yeah, I would, I wouldn't build one. That's just not right. Um, I would, I would buy one, um, and, and restore it tastefully and modernize it tastefully. Um, I would like to buy one that's the all one level ranch that kind of arcs around or surrounds a courtyard type thing. So you got a courtyard thing in the middle. The old um, James Bond movies. That's what I think of. Yep, I think of yep, Bond, modern, like the Bond, old first ones. Yep. Like they go in there and like you see this vast, like, you know, um, corridor or something that he walks into and it's nothing but like these, you know. Yeah. That's straight exactly line what I, shapes I, and so I forth. call them Bond villain houses. They're actually called, and the more, uh, the kind that I like, it's kind of a subcategory is atomic ranches is what they're called. Atomic ranches. And it's from the, obviously the, atomic age you know rockets and everything so you're gonna see like those are the ones with the slanted roof lines and the you know a lot of them have the gravel flat roof and they've got you know a lot of windows fishing out you're gonna get like crazy stuff but it's fun it's it's fun to look at them um Mm -hmm. i got somehow i got on this um realtor that only deals with mid-mod i got on their list and i've been to like four open houses of houses i could never afford Uh, but just to go in and see the architecture is really cool. Well, um, if you ever buy one, then you need to get like a 1958, you know, Impala or Cadillac or something like that. <laughs> I'll get another 66 Mustang. Yeah. Yeah. Or, um, well, I was just thinking of like one of those very distinctive mid-century cars that were like. Oh yeah. Like one of those long body, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah or a 62 Impala, <laughs> something mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah. All right. Well, that Jason, that was some good, um, good house ar- talk. Architecture today with Gene architecture house talk, uh, HGTV yes. talk here of some That's kind. Right. Yeah. Home and gonna... We didn't talk about any gardening. You ever noticed how um, there is? I'm sure there is one, but I don't know of any gardening show on HGTV. It might as well just be called HG or HTV or HTV. Yeah, <laughs> home TV. I remember back when they first started, you'd see like, yeah, you used to have garden shows. I think they do every now and then, maybe just not in prime time. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. <laughs> hey, okay. Well, I got an, I got an idea here. Um, What's your idea, Gene? Come on. We're going it. to do this another night, but I'm going to spot you with something real quick here before we go. <laughs> and I'm going to try to come up with one right off the uh, cuff as well. Oh, Lord. And I know you've been chopping at the bit wanting to talk about this, but we're going to get more detail one night. So I want you, so don't, don't, uh, you know, don't put all your eggs in one basket, Jason, just one. And you may not even want to make it your best one, but I want you to give me a favorite nineties memory from the 1990s. 
from the 1990s? Yeah. Like, does it have to be something everybody would know or just my memory? Oh, whatever you feel like. I mean, if you want to talk about, you know, <laughs> I don't know. I guess if you want to talk about the baseball strike in 1994, you can, but I mean, I'm just talking want, about, you know, it could be something specific to you. I mean, it could be just something you mem- remember well or whatever. I mean, you know, maybe it's a well, girl that you knew. Maybe it's a, oh, a Lord, high school memory. Me. Maybe it's a college, first day How of college. Do we, I don't care. We don't have that long enough to talk about the women. That's why I said um, one night is going to be oh. an in-depth night. I'm just asking you for a quick on the spot, Johnny on the spot, what's in your back of your head? Can you name me a, a, a fascinating memory from the 90s that you can think of? I'm going to try to – You don't have to me. wow me. I'm trying to avoid the unwanted road trip I took on August 19th of 1991, right. uh, being carjacked. Which, but if you ever want to talk about that, you're welcome to. But We can on another night. Um, not, not in the five minutes I'm trying to give you here. <laughs> so I would have to go. I would have to go the next year. Um, hmm. Guy came up to bat named Francisco Cabrera. Game seven of the NLCS against the Pirates of the Braves. Hmm. And Francisco Cabrera hits a base hit. And Sid Bream rounds <laughs> Sid Bream and his bad knees round there and it goes from us we're done we're never we're never going to do this of course this was a lot of the 90s was us you weren't there stress. were you no okay and you know Sid Bream obviously sliding into that home and the whole you know the famous Braves win Braves win you know um and remembering how excited we were me and my dad watching that mom came running down. Cause that was the tradition. Mom and dad would watch it in separate rooms and mom wouldn't watch it until dad yelled. And then she would turn it on to see what was happening. That was the, that was how we did it. And so she comes out and then we hear a knock on the door and it's our neighbor, Rick, who comes over because his kids were asleep and he couldn't yell and scream. So he came over to our house to yell and scream. <laughs> and, you know, just, just the fact that I got to witness that probably one of my favorite baseball games of all time. Um, and, uh, you know, aside from that and phrase winning in 95, obviously the world series, but, uh, yeah, I would have to say those things. I mean, I've got college memories too, cause that was high school. And we, we kind of had the unique thing of having high school and college in the nineties, you know? Um, well, you could have used one, but you, but you chose to use the Braves memory. Today. Right. Because it, because it's, you know, it's the Braves. It's a good um, one. No, that's a good one. And uh, very appropriate for um, the end of baseball season. It is. Hopefully, it's not going to be the end for us. Um, right. But uh, yeah, we still got a two and a half game. Lead. That's a good memory. Uh, yeah, I like that memory. And it was, and it's a memory of my dad too. You know, it's the same kind of thing. Um, we'd had a tumultuous couple of years, and obviously, '91, the worst the first season was awesome. Um, but that game to me, just that game. The way that game unfolded and the energy of that game, mm-hmm. I haven't seen anything like it since. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and for for Braves anyway, and for me personally, I know there are other you know Red Sox and Yankees, all that stuff. You know, there were other things like that, but something that actually means something to me that would probably be one of my biggest memories. Mm. <clears throat> okay, I was trying to think of one myself, um, memory wise that I could throw out there. You, you, you put a lot in my head as to what I could think of. What would be one that I could think of 
<laughs> it was an interesting one. Um, okay. Uh, I, um, gosh, how about this? I want to do that one. Maybe that, maybe, maybe that could be a different night that I would do that one. I, uh, there's so, there's so many I'd have to like really think back on these. It's so, I know it's a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff happened for us. Okay. I'll tell you about this one. This is a, this is an easy short one, but it is kind of funny. Um, yeah. I'm a car guy. You know that. Um, I, I grew up around cars. Um, so I know, I know cars, I know auto body paint, no things like that. And I had a, I had a, um, an 85 Monte Carlo. It's an 84. I think it was an 84 Monte Carlo. And there was this girl, cute girl named Kara oh that I went to college with. And mm-hmm. uh, she was one of those girls where, I don't know if you, you probably had some, a girl like this, that, you know, there were some like in college is just very awkward time for me, but dating wise, like she was the kind of girl, like she worked at the counter at this, we had a student union. Right. And so, you know, I knew her from a um, organization that I was involved with ministry organization, but she worked like the counter in the student union, you know, so you're just walking in there and I knew her from high school, actually sort of high school. And so I'd walk in there, Hey, how's it going? You know? And, uh, you say, Hey, and you know, you just, every day you go up to her and talk to her and, and you're just thinking in the back of your head, I wonder if I should ask this girl out. I don't know. And then, you know, you never really can get that summit in your head. I should ask her out. It just never really came, but we were always just mutual friends, chitty chatty, talky talky, maybe even a little flirty at times, but <laughs> we we're uh, a few times. Um, she um, needed a ride home back to uh, Gwinnett, Gwinnett County. She didn't live far from me, um, which oddly enough, we only, only gave her, you know, a ride. She didn't actually have a car that, and I think this was my freshman, maybe sophomore year. I think it was my freshman year. And so she was a grade ahead of me. She was like already a sophomore. And I don't remember if this was um, freshman year or sophomore year. She might've been a junior or a sophomore, but I think she was a sophomore at the time. And uh, so, uh, you know, what time she's, so anyways, like, Hey, I'll give you a ride. Cute girl. I like you, you know? Um, but I never did. I, never, I was never like, yeah, I, oh, I like her. I want to ask her out, but it was always just kind of, yeah, she's a cute girl. And she's a sweet girl, and you know she's always friendly to me. So I gave her a ride a couple of times, and I remember the only one I remember distinctively one time was, you know, you take a three-hour ride from college back home, and it's a boring ride, or whatever. Drop her off at her parents, pick her up on Sunday, and you're coming back home. And so you know, whatever, we've had a good weekend. Talk about the weekend. I think she took a nap over in the passenger seat as we're going down, you know, back back to uh, um, college. And we get down that way and we pull up, finally get back into town. It's three and a half hours. And we pull up to um, her dorm, you know, her, where her dorm is. And, uh, you know, I was like, okay, this is cool. And then, all right, let me get your stuff out of the back of the trunk. So I go out to the back of the trunk and all of a sudden I hear, <laughs> and I was like, what was that? <laughs> and she's like, oh no, Gene, I'm sorry. Cause like the way the, um, the road is kind of like, you know, or the, uh, the way the road comes up to the curb where the next to the dorm, it was like kind of a slant. And so when she opened the door, those, those Monte Carlo doors were pretty big. They weren't like the doors nowadays. They're just kind of like this. I mean, they, they swung out. And so it swung out and it had scraped down over the, over onto the sidewalk. Oh. And so it made one of those like, you know, crack, you know, kind of like, <laughs> you know, um, nails yep. on a, 
chalkboard kind of sound. I mean, you could, I mean, it was very distinctively loud. It sounded way worse than it looked, but it was like, you know, I had this thing where I looked from the back. I was like, what was that? <laughs> and she was like, Oh, Gene, I'm so sorry. But thankfully I went over there and checked it out. It wasn't nothing big, but that was just kind of a funny moment because she was for half a minute there. I was like, what has she done to my door? And half a second there, she was like, I can't believe I've, you know, but I looked at it and I was like, Oh no, okay. That's no big deal. I mean, I think she just sort of scraped it and I had my brother, you know, uh, just kind of touch it up or whatever next time I went home. But it was hilarious because, you know, there's like people walking by and everything and it's a loud noise and it's this big, loud. <laughs> I know that sound too. I could just, Oh yeah. And it, and she did, I think she just thought that she had ruined my door, That's but it funny. was, it was, it was one of those things where like the sound of it is more frightening than the actual damage done. Right. <laughs> but that's one, you know, it's a silly memory, but it, it's funny. Oh, when that funny. I, it cracks me up that I still remember that. So, oh man, goodness that, gracious! That, it doesn't relate to your awesome Braves memory. No, but no, it's, it's a memory nonetheless. It's like, yeah, I've got a ton of those. I've got a ton. Oh of yeah, those. I can, we could do. It's got, got a few here and there. We could do hours and hours on our experiences. All right, we'll we'll, we'll try to make that a date next. Maybe next time we do this, we will we will like dig deep into some '90s college, high school, whatever from 1990 to 1999 memories. I don't care if you want to talk about the matrix or if you want to talk about, um, you know, Dan Quayle, whatever you feel like. It's like from the matrix all the way to hunt for red October, you know, like, mm-hmm. yeah. All right. Well, Jason, we're going to end it there. Have a good night and uh, good luck. And uh, with your, um, you know, house sitting and good ventures. luck. Yes. <laughs> all right. Yep. Thanks for everybody for joining us on talk of the now. See you later. <laughs>